The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning on our broadcast, we're going to be learning about your safety, learning ways that uh, you can live life a whole lot better, safer, and enjoy it more. Visiting with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, their public information officer, Lisa Marshashoni. Hey, Lisa, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. How are you today? Doing great. Good to have you with us today. And you brought a friend with you who is, uh, have you always been the training lieutenant? Michael Rogers is with us. I've not. It's only for been about a month now. Before that, I was doing traffic safety. Okay. I was thinking that's a new title, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it, it changes sometimes. Well, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm glad you're, you're going to talk a little about uh, training and traffic and things of that sort. Sure. Uh, we, we need training, and we have a lot of traffic. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Absolutely. We, we sure do. <laughs> so between those two, that keeps uh, law enforcement agencies busy these days. And Lisa, you had some special information you wanted to share with us today also, I think. We wanted to talk about training and recruiting today, especially. As you know, Bart, it's hard to find employees right now. It is difficult. But it's one of those jobs that uh, is different every day. I, I would imagine that every position at the sheriff's office, it's, it's never boring. It is never boring. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen to you that day when you go into work. So but each day is a new adventure. It is a new adventure. And that's something I think I, people like about it mm -hmm. because they have different challenges and, and they meet those challenges every day. So what, uh, what do you do to decide which area you would best uh, fit? It depends on what you're interested in. Um, a lot of people start at the sheriff's office in the detention division, and they get training on how to deal with people. And, you know, in the jail, we have people from all different walks of life. We have people who, you know, may have been caught with a DUI, and, you know, they're generally good public residents. And then you have people who commit crimes against people. You know, we have some people waiting for trials on murder and other things. But I, I was reading yesterday about people, why they are in detention, why people serve in detention. And one officer said he is there because most people committed a mistake. You have to remember their people first. And he has an opportunity to change them, perhaps, and to improve their life and to mentor. And that's one of the good things about detention. You know, everybody thinks it's just a horrible, horrible place to be. But you have a difference. You have a chance to really change lives. See, in a positive way, to, do these people who serve in detention, do they find out about how many lives they've changed uh, once they've been there for a while? Do the people come back? I mean, not yeah. come back to stay, come back to stay. <laughs> <laughs> come back to visit. Um, there is a woman named Whitney, and she was incarcerated about a year ago. And Kevin Henderson, who's our chief in detention now, he's been there about a year. 
And Whitney was getting ready to get out. And he had a really frank talk with her that I observed. And he said, you need to you know, get away from the people you were hanging with before. You need to go to rehabilitation. You need to take care of your children. And she, he just kept talking to her. And it changed her. I mean, I watched the change in her as, it, as he talked to her. She came to the sheriff's office the other day for something, and she came up and just threw her arms around me and said, I can hug you now. <laughs> and she said, I want you to know I've gone to rehabilitation. I'm taking care of my kids. I haven't been in trouble. And to me, it, she said, Kevin changed her life. Wow. That's awesome. That is, that's, and that's the kind of profession, a job that you can get that makes you feel good. It's, it's a good earning income for your family. But even more important, you feel good about it. You do. Bart, I started out in detention. and I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I was so happy. because Which I, side of the fence was that? <laughs> <laughs> How much time did you do? <laughs> um, we had it. Um, there's, in, the, in the detention center, there's programs. And so I helped with Mrs. Mentor. In doing programs, we had a, a class, summer class, called Back on Track. And it was to get women and men, inmates, teaching them life skills. So that they, once they got out, they could perhaps find a job. We taught them how to do resumes and things like that. As a branch of that, I partnered with Read to Succeed and started teaching some of the inmates how to read. And that, what to me, that was the most rewarding thing I've done at the sheriff's office in the 12 years I've been there because there was one woman who could not read at all. And when she went to a restaurant, she always ordered a hamburger because she couldn't read the menu. So. <laughs> you, you changed her self-esteem. Wow. I mean, you really, she looks at herself successfully now, imagine. She couldn't get a driver's license because she couldn't read the manual. So we, and Read to Succeed understood this, we looked at restaurant menus, so she learned how to read a restaurant menu. We got the driver's license manual and went over that, and we got, she couldn't read the, the items that she was buying in the grocery store. So we got circulars from the grocery stores, and she was able to do those things to get her license, to, to order things in the restaurant, things that we take for granted. Did she get her reading ability then to the point of where she could read the newspaper, read books, read whatever she wanted to read? She was released before we got to really finish, and I have not heard from her since. Yeah. Be nice to... It would nice to, be nice to know, yeah. you know if she's still trying to read. and Because there's so many groups that are helping people who still do not know how to read. And, and that opens the door to so many things once you accomplish that. Yes, it's, it's a whole new world once you can read. So if you're thinking about a profession in which you can really make a positive difference, the detention center uh, is one of those. What kind of training do you get? And this is the training guy. <laughs> so this is why you put that hat on. Now. Yeah, so we're kind of divided at the sheriff's office between certified, what we call certified and non-certified people. So when you talk about certified people, that's folks that have been to the police academy that have police-type jobs. And then non-certified would be 
the detention side. So it, it's kind of hard for me to speak on what kind of training the detention side gets. I haven't been involved with that. I'm on the certified more, um, but I know that they get basic, you know, communication skills, how to, you know, interact with people, um, life-saving type stuff, uh, de-escalation type skills, anything that would involve, um, you know, dealing with people in that environment, they get all those types of skills. <clears throat> Um, but on our side, on the certified side, so kind of what, what Lisa was saying, the national, the natural progression of things is a lot of people will start working at the sheriff's office in detention. And then after they're in detention for a year or so, they like to promote and come on to come on to what we call come on to the street. Uh, and that could be we here at the sheriff's office. We have several different things you could do once you promote. We've you know got deten um, patrol, which everybody knows about, you know, out answering calls, you know. Uh, making traffic stops, doing what police officers do. We also have school resource officers. Um, we've got transport deputies that move people back and forth from the jail to their doctor's visits to the courthouse, that kind of thing. Um, we've got judicial services, which is the, the, the guys you see in the courthouse that are guarding the courthouse and the courtrooms and that kind of thing. Um, and of course, detectives, normal detectives, what we call general detectives, narcotics detectives. We've got all sorts of, of things. That, that's one of the advantages of a sheriff's department versus a city police department is that we've got a lot more variety of, of things to do and, and a lot bigger geography than, than like say Murfreesboro City. Murfreesboro City is a, is a large city, but we encompass the entire county. So we've got a lot more things to, to do and see. So. On our side, the training is quite extensive. When you come to, when you promote to patrol, uh, you have to go to the police academy because that's you know state law. You've got to go to the police academy, and that's a 12-week program. And then we have uh, a seven-week in-house program on top of that, and a 14-week field training program. So it takes approximately seven months from the time we say, "Hey, you're a police officer," to the time we allow you to do it by yourself <laughs> so there, there's quite extensive training involved now michael you had mentioned that a lot of times these people the new people at the sheriff's office will begin uh in working in the jail then Correct. they will move eventually sure. to outside patrol what is uh, what kind of training do you get for jail work versus outside and how does it how does it flow why is it uh, a natural progression i guess yeah so and let me back up a step. It's kind of natural for people to start in detention. It's not necessary. Uh, I've never worked in detention. I've, I've been in law enforcement for 15 years and I never worked in the jail. So it's not required, it, it, but it is something that we prefer. We like to see it. Um, it it's a lot of how to deal with people, how to talk to people, um, communicate well. Uh, a lot of folks, um, if, if you're not in a, a stressful you know, enclosed environment where you're dealing with people, you've got to look at it from the, the perspective of the people that are incarcerated. You know, they, they don't want to be there, obviously, you know, and so you've got, you know, an older person perhaps in their thirties or so that's kind of been around, that's um, had some criminal activity. And then you've got an 18 year old kid just fresh out of high school telling them what to do, right? So there's a natural conflict there. And so what we like to train the guys is, how to how to deal with that how to communicate how to be successful in, in that kind of um, adversarial position you know so we like for them to have those skills before they promote and come on the street you know so we like to have people that have a little um, 
experience talking and dealing and getting along before they're out answering these calls and coming to your home and talking to you. We, we like for them to have a look. So that's kind of where the natural progression comes from. Um, it, it's the communication more than anything. Uh, that's key in my mind to being a good police officer is communication. We have lots and lots of tools at our disposal, but the ultimate goal is just to be able to um, communicate with people, have them do what we what we need them to do or what we would like them to do without having to use any of the, the other options we have, if that makes sense. Now, Lisa, you mentioned that you had started in detention. Uh, tell us your feelings on that. What, what, uh, why is there a transition? A, a transition from, to... From detention to street work. Or, or is there? You didn't go. You didn't follow that transition. I don't believe, did you? <laughs> not, no. not yet. We're still trying to get her in a in a, in a squad car. <laughs> um, a lot of younger officers want to be a, a patrol officer, and then and then from there move to other things like detective, maybe school resource officers. Um, and then some people just fall in love with working in detention. They they feel like they make a difference. You talked earlier about the training. Um, you start out with in-house training, and it may have changed since I took it, but we had about, I think, one week, 40 hours of basic training to learn how to be a detention officer. Then you went to the Tennessee Corrections Institute, and it's a mandatory 40-hour class with an instructor from their office, and they teach you things like how to deal with inmates, to watch out um, for your own safety, for their safety, and the rules and regulations, the things you can't, you know, you can't slap somebody, you know, or you can't discipline them, you know, physically, things like that, that that some people, you know, they think we're in the old days where you can <laughs> do something like that. Um, they teach you how to care. They teach you how... One thing that impressed me is how not to be taken by some of the people who want to scam you. <laughs> so people do try to scam you yes. in the jail? Yes, in the jail. So you have to be careful of that. And then you have six, at, at least six weeks of training with another deputy. Let me ask you this, because this came up. I went through the Citizens Police Academy at the Sheriff's Office. Uh, one of the earlier classes, I know it was before the high-rise jail was built, but it was being built, and I think we used that facility as a, a sort of a, a mock-up for some, some uh, tests and things. But in talking with some of the detention persons back then, some of them had stories that would be frightening. Mm -hmm. uh, several of them said that they had broken most bones in their body, uh, trying to defend themselves, that they are not allowed to have weapons, so when somebody attacks them, they just have their hands. Um, did you ever get afraid? No, no. Um, I worked in a, in the cell in the, in the pod with about twenty one men, and I treated them with respect. They treated me with respect. And it was funny. There was one man in there, and he said, "In case anything happens, I've got your back." Well, that was cool. <laughs> that, so they were looking out for you. They, they were. They were. And I was always being observed by the people in the tower who were watching, and I never felt afraid. 
Interesting. So it just, I just ran across evidently some people who had had things happening to them. Yes. And, and like I say, that's a long time ago. Things, training is different now. It is. It is. It's, it's much stronger. It's more professional. And I think detention has, corrections has developed more. I guess you've learned how to communicate with each other, the, the law enforcement and the inmates. Uh, is it still as much of a mixed uh, population as it used to be? I think it's probably more diverse now than it's ever been as reflecting of the county itself. So everything imaginable. You mentioned a minute ago f- from murders to DUIs, all in there together. Actually, they're segregated into different um, areas. Like if you're pre-trial, you're in one area. Um, the people who are have the most serious crimes are together in one pod. Um, but they're, it's called classification. And depending on your, your prior record or lack of a record, it's where you're, you're situated. Now, how long do you stay at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center? You can stay a maximum of eight years. Okay. Um, so no matter what your, uh, whatever crime you committed, that, that has nothing to do with it. It just is how, I guess, uh, okay. openings are in the prison system. Um, that's part of it. But if you're sentenced to, a, to like 30 years, something like that, you're going to probably go to the state penitentiary. If you've got a burglary charge and it's up to eight-year sentence, you'll probably serve it here. You could serve it at either place, but, you know, depending on your record, um, you could potentially serve your sentence here if it's less than eight years. Do they, does the inmate have any voice in that? The court decides. All decided by the court? Usually. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Some interesting items that uh, have been brought up this morning. If you have any questions dealing with these items, give us a call. 615-893-1450. We're talking about positions that are available just like any other business. There are positions available at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, and we're learning about those from their training uh, head, Lieutenant Michael Rogers, is it still lieutenant? It is. Okay. That's correct. I, I didn't know whether it was a, a assistant chief or something. No, no, no. I don't see that happening to us. Okay. And then uh, Corporal Lisa Marshall Short, is that right? Just Lisa. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us. Get your good neighbor events to us in writing two weeks before they occur. We'll put them on the radio and the internet. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who's moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. 
We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try on any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. If you want to experience the unmatched flavor of live fire grilling, then look no further than the Big Green Egg. Forget the pellets, the propane, the knockoffs. Roll with the best, an authentic Big Green Egg grill backed by a free lifetime warranty. Yeah, lifetime. It's that good. Grill, roast, smoke, or bake. It's versatile, easy to light, and simple to use. Shop online for free home delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. That's free home delivery to your door. Let your grilling adventure begin. Visit BigGreenEgg.com. What makes Amazon Pharmacy Amazon Pharmacy? There's transparent pricing, so you know what you'll pay before you pay it. And Prime members can save up to 80% on prescriptions. Pharmacists can answer all your questions and can even transfer your prescriptions for you. All of this delivered directly to your door. It is Amazon Pharmacy, after all. Save time, save money, stay healthy. Learn more at Amazon.com slash sports22. That's Amazon.com slash sports22. Average savings based on usage and inside RX data as compared to cash prices. Average savings for all generics are 78%, 37% for select brand medications. Restrictions apply. Good morning, TDOT was moving a stalled car a few minutes ago on 24 westbound over here at Harding Place. It was there long enough to really jam up that traffic flow that's already trying to get up through there, coming in from the Hickory Hollow area, coming in from uh, Rutherford County, arriving into Davidson County over here. Again, they just moved that stalled car, and boy, did it aggravate that traffic. It's slow on 24 westbound now between Bell Road and all the way up to Harding Place. Hey, Ober Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge is celebrating Oktoberfest. Check it out on Line at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the upper 50s. Winds out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 29. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 30. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Brotherhood Issues with Brian Barrett. Hitting right at what matters most to all of us here in the heart of Tennessee. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can talk or text on that one number. You're in control. 615-893-1450. Visiting with us this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Training Lieutenant Michael Rogers. Also visiting with us, their public information officer, Lisa Marchashoni, who also, which we did not know, learned something new today. She started out in detention. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, but uh, you haven't been successful in talking her into the squad car. No, we're still working on that. And we, uh, I bring that up regularly, but she won't, she won't do it. Lisa, the siren and the blue lights, that does it. <laughs> I, I, mean, I think it's the thought of going through the training academy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You do a lot of the training there and then the ongoing training. Sure. Uh, is is it's it's really crucial. People yeah. are not just put out on the streets. We we do a lot. 
Um, well, once once you get on the certified side, um, like I said, we have seven weeks, or I'm excuse me, eight weeks of in-house training, and then the academy for 12 weeks, and then another 14 on the street with a field training officer uh, is the mandatory minimum training. Beyond that, uh, we state law requires that we do 40 hours per year of what we call in-service. Some people call it, in other fields, it's you know CEUs, continuing education, that sort of thing. It's the same thing for police, but we call it in-service. So 40 hours minimum. And then we also like to send people to, uh, part of my responsibilities is making sure that people go and do specialized training that they might be interested in. So if they wanna go to uh, the detectives division, we have inter interview interrogation courses. Um, we've sent people to Knoxville to do uh, you know, some in-depth detective type um, homicide investigation and that sort of thing. We also have, you know, narcotic schools, interdiction. When we say interdiction, what we're talking about is um, finding drugs in vehicles, basically. Um, courses like that. Anything you can think of in, in the police world, we send people for training all over the country uh, to get better trained to do their jobs. For people who want to get into the field of being a detective sure um, you don't just start off there I wouldn't think so that is not one of the things that you could uh, I I'm not gonna say it's not possible it's just very very unlikely uh, so you would typically when you when you come into the certified side you're gonna you're gonna start on the street as a police officer to some degree uh, myself I, I started uh, I worked for the city of Columbia uh, Tennessee for about five years as a police officer. So when I came to Rutherford, I came straight onto the street as a police officer. We call it a deputy, a patrol deputy, but it's a police officer, the same thing. Um, so you're gonna have to have some police officer experience somewhere. Um, so there is a possibility that someone could come to the sheriff's office that is a, maybe they're a detective somewhere else or a police officer somewhere else, and they could go into uh, the detective world. But typically they're gonna come over as a police officer for several years and when we have detectives division openings they'll post that and then they'll interview and try to go over to that uh, division but in the meantime they can get with the training department and we can send them to uh, for example we've got patrol guys right now that we just sent to a, a homicide invest a death and a death and homicide investigation class uh, for to you know the build their skills so they can you know do better on death scene the, the the police officers will go to death scenes um right now you know the opiate and that and crisis that we're having we do respond to a lot of scenes where people have died and so we like to equip those guys to do the best they can you know they don't necessarily have to be a detective if that makes sense what kind of positions are available i mean we've sure. talked about detention center over at the adult detention center we've talked about uh, officers on the street we've talked sure. about detectives sure sros yeah uh, what, what's available yeah so backing up a little bit your, your original question was can you come in straight as a detective that that's not very likely um, however we do bring in people pretty regularly as uh, patrol sro which is the school resource officer uh, and judicial services, which is basically courthouse type security. Uh, those three positions, we regularly bring people in uh, entry level, if that makes sense. Uh, beyond that, we do have um, within the detectives division, we've got property crimes and family crimes. So folks that investigate, when I say property crimes, I'm talking about you know burglaries, thefts, things like that. And then family crimes, that's gonna be your domestic violence and, and special 
crimes. Uh, narcotics detectives, of course. And then we've got lots of auxiliary functions. We have a SWAT team. We've got mounted patrol. Um, we do lake patrol. We do have canine handlers, um, all sorts of things. I think we have nine canines now. I think I so. Think so. Um, we have two bloodhounds, and we have what we call working dogs, so drugs and bite dogs. So all of those opportunities as well. What was the last kind of dog? Bite? B- bite dogs, yeah. That's what I thought yep. you said. So <laughs> I differentiate them because there's, in my mind, I'm not a dog handler, but in my mind there's two different categories. There's floppy-eared dogs and pointy-eared dogs. The floppy-eared dogs are the ones that can smell real good and, and track, so that's going to be your elderly people that, um, you know, mistakenly walk away or children that are missing. That's what bloodhounds are for. And then the pointy ear dogs are for, you know, seeking down bad guys and, you know, doing bite work, that kind of thing, or finding drugs. So that's how <laughs> it makes sense in my mind. I'm sure they would not be happy with well, me I saying like it that, that way. I like but the description. I mean, it, <laughs> it seems very appropriate. Yep. Well, are the salaries and benefits sure. similar on all of those? Or? Yeah, so I've got some things written down here. Um, don't quote me on them. They should be very close, but I know that all of the salaries have to go through the mayor's office and HR, and so I might not be 100% dead on, uh, but it will be verified before they start. So in detention, the range that I've got written down is uh, between 41.4 and 44.4. Um, and, and there's, I say there's a range because it's based on experience. We do give, um, if you have experience in that field and you come to Rutherford, they will give you up to a step five worth of experience. Uh, on the patrol side, the range is from 49 to 52, and that, of course that's based on experience as well. So there's more money to be made there is. in the patrol side. So I guess that's why people are transitioning sure. to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely... Uh, money is a motivator. Sure, sure. <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a whole different... So we are related. Detention and uh, patrol, they're related type jobs but some people don't want to do police work they want to do you know detention work and that's what they want they don't have any desire to come out on the street and do those things and and we absolutely need those people and you know i respect those those people because that's a a tough job you know so um, it doesn't quite make as over time those detention officers after so many years would make as much as patrol guys but it just takes a little while to get there now for people who are wanting to become a detective sure what kind of uh, salary do they get? So it would be a promotion. I, I'm not sure. They would start out in that, you know, up to 52 range or so. It, I'm just kind of making a lot an educated guess. So if you were, let's say you were a police officer and they, you were there for five years, you would be making in that 52 range or so, and then you would get promoted to detective, and I would say you would get, you know, a 5 or an 8% raise, something like that. Um, I'm kind of guessing. <laughs> now, we're very fortunate to live in a community that has Middle Tennessee State University in it. Absolutely. Which has a phenomenal program on uh, criminology, uh, yes. training people yep. uh, in that field. If you have a degree in law enforcement sure. and criminology uh, or any of the other related fields, sure. would that give you a, a, a little more money? So uh, right now we don't have an education incentive per se. And in other words, you don't get a percentage of raise because you have a degree. Unfortunately, it is something uh, we've been having a lot of recruiting meetings and a lot of 
uh, back and forth about how we can get more people. Uh, unfortunately, that's not something the sheriff can do necessarily. That's something that's got to come from county commission. You know, that's got to be something that's budgeted for. And, you know, so there's a few more hoops involved, if you will. Uh, but we're working on it. Um, we are also working with MTSU right now about an education discount. So if you are a Rutherford County Sheriff's Office employee, you could, it's not done yet, but we are in the works of getting a tuition discount to go to MTSU. So that's definitely going to be good. Uh, so we're working on some, some education type stuff. We, we definitely uh, see the benefit of having that education on, you know, on the street and police word, detective world. It, it's awesome for those guys to have those things. And it, during the interview process, it would be good for you to be able to mention some of those things. It would set you apart from some other applicants for sure. I would think that the forensic side of it would sure. be phenomenal. A great, uh, a great training area Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they love, uh, detectives loves getting, getting that type of education and, you know, that knowledge. One thing we have not talked about, uh, which <clears throat> has been in the news lately, and that is uh, coming up pretty soon. That is the work with the Operation Fall Breaks. And, okay, sure. Uh, tell us a little about what that is. I know, Lisa, you've mm -hmm. been working on that. Share with us uh, some of that. What, it, what? First of all, what is Operation Fall Breaks? And yeah, so we, we started, um, we haven't done it in a while. So we did it previously, and we called it um, Friday Night Lights is what we used to call it. Um, and I thought that was pretty clever. But the problem is getting enough people to work on Fridays. So we can't really call it Friday Night Lights. So I think they did it on a Wednesday or a Thursday. But the entire purpose, right, is to kind of combat the aggressive uh, driving on Interstate 24. Um, there were, I don't know if you remember, about a month ago, there were several incidents of, of shootings uh, on the interstate. On, and when I say interstate, I mean I-24 and I-840. Um, we have lots of continual incidents of people brandishing weapons, not necessarily shooting at each other, but it, you know, brandishing weapons, threatening each other. So the whole point of this operation is to combat and curb some of that aggressive driving um, and some of the things that come along with it. So if I'm not mistaken, we would have to ask Sergeant Vincent because he's kind of spearheading that traffic right now. But if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be a monthly event. And basically what we're, what will happen is we're going to take second shift officers and third shift officers that overlap um, the extra manpower. And then we're going to bring in guys on overtime. Uh, the highway, Tennessee Highway Safety Office provides funds for overtime for deputies to work. So second shift, third shift, guys on overtime. And then we're also bringing in the highway patrol who are going to bring motorcycles and a helicopter. And once a month, we're uh, going to go out and remind people to drive safely on the interstate via many, many, many officers, if that makes sense. I was sort of surprised with some of these figures. And Lisa, you <clears> sent <throat> them out, I guess, yes. a few days ago. Uh, 8,374 collisions from the first of this year to, to today mm -hmm. uh, yes. in Rutherford County. Yes. This is Rutherford County. Uh, injuries, 2,832 injuries in Rutherford County, and 27 persons have lost their lives due to traffic accidents Yes, this year. Yes. Um, That's actually pretty good. It sounds like a lot of people. Well, <laughs> perspectively, that's actually pretty good. 
Um, so I, I don't, it's Sergeant Vincent's job now, but it's my old job. And so typically within a year, Rutherford County will experience, uh, we're in the 11,000 range as far as total crashes. Uh, typically we'll have 40 fatalities and 2,800 to 3,000 crashes with injury. So we're actually on, those numbers sound astronomical, but we're actually on pace to have what I would, now, <laughs> I don't like to say good or bad because it, you know any serious injury, any fatality is awful, but prospectively, um, we're on track to have a better year than we typically do. One thing that I was really surprised on, and this just came out this morning, we are in the Metro Nashville Metro Statistical right. Area, and we have a list of the cities with the highest increases in homicides. We're in the top 10, and we're not number 10. Uh, we're number nine. Uh, Nashville is, we're part of that, sure. whether we want to be or not. Uh, there's some things that we like to be a part of Nashville on. Homicide's not one of them. Uh, are you seeing that spill over into your area? And to, for the traffic side? Well, are, just... are you seeing an increase in homicides in Rutherford County? I mean, since we're part of the eight county MSA. So, Lisa, you might know more about it than I do. I, I know I've seen some, you were talking about the Citizens Academy and I've seen some presentations. Um, I know that we do have a few. Um, so when you look at traffic, you're looking at a county picture. And, and when I say county, I mean countywide, Rutherford, Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, everybody encompassed. And when you're looking at homicides and crimes of that nature, you're talking about jurisdictional specific. So you would compare Rutherford County Sheriff against Murfreesboro City, Smyrna City, Laverne City, that kind of thing. So when you ask about homicides, my answer to you would be from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office specifically and, and outside of city jurisdiction. So it's not going to be, would we see an increase? Yes, I, I think we would see an increase, but it's not going to be as um, extreme as what you might see in the in Murfreesboro city limits, Smyrna city limits, that, that kind of thing. So go ahead. Where the city's more populated, mm -hmm. um, you might see more increases. I think we've had two homicides this year, two or three. So that's a relatively safe feeling with but, that number. And, but you have to keep, when she says two or three, she means outside of any city jurisdiction. Now, oh, so now, in the county itself. Right. So if you bring in Murfreesboro City and what they have had in Smyrna and Laverne, and you look at Rutherford as a whole, that totally changes the picture of, of what we see. And probably as you get closer to Nashville, I mean, I sure. hate to say that. Yeah. But well, it's it's all population-driven. Um, well, it's not 100% pop, but, you know, I moved to Murfreesboro in 99, and, and I hate to go down this road, but <laughs> it was a whole different city Oh yeah, when I, I lived I here. I can you know? remember and the old days. <laughs> I love, one of my favorite things is to talk to, to folks that have been here, you know, for their life, and they'll talk about, well, you know, when you used to go out broad, the last thing there was, you know, this, this grocery store, that grocery store, you know, and if when you went out Church Street, the last thing there was the post office, you know, and it, to me, that just blows my mind. I would love to go back somehow on a time machine and just drive around and see what it was like. But with all that growth, you know, with, with big city population comes big city problems, you know, and, and that's what we, it, it kind of goes full, full circle to what we're talking about. So we need more folks, 
you know, to deal with some of the things, the crime and the traffic and the problems that we have, we need more deputies. And that's why they have some openings. We will be back in just a moment. Maybe there's an opening that's perfect for you at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. This is Chip Walters, and I'll have Middle Tennessee football and basketball games for you right here. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper <laughs> going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. We Laugh. <laughs> see the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest pictures. Uh, News Channel 5 helps you out the Traffic door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Slacker joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert <laughs> Center this morning. Take a look right there at this dog. Right? Whoa! It's something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up and going. A better day. It's Wednesday. It is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back. We're in the final segment of our broadcast, so listen closely. We've got some <laughs> numbers to give to you, and you can find out more about how this will impact your life in a positive way. This morning, we're talking about the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office opportunities that are available for you. Uh, first of all, are they opportunities? Are there opportunities for all ages? Let's say somebody listening uh, is an older person, and but they've always had an interest in this type of work. What about that? We yes, um, we are getting retired officers from other departments who just wanted another career. Uh, to try something different. Um, we also find that veterans make good officers and, and they're good in law enforcement because they have that training already from the military. So, you know, we invite them to apply and um, we have some administrative jobs. We have warrants and records where people can come and be civilians and they don't really have to have, they don't have to have the law enforcement training. So there's opportunities for many, many people. And the, what do you do to, to apply? Or even, I guess, first you need to know what jobs are available to figure out which ones sure. fit your desires most. And then what do you do? How, how yeah. do you apply? And I'm glad you mentioned that. I know that we do have a position open right now in our IT division that they're trying to, to fill. Um, so they're looking for someone for that. Uh, the records and the warrants. Um, we have administrative people. It, 
it takes a lot of people to run an organization as big as we are. Um, but you can get a full list of, of all of those. If you go to our website, which is rutherfordcountytn.gov, and then you'll click on government. Now this page will take you to all of Rutherford County. So you'll go to government and then sheriff and then careers and it will give you, it will link you to where all of the job openings we have is um, listed. You can also call us 615-904-3161. Um, if you have questions about that, that phone number specifically is for recruiting and talking to people about jobs. And then the email address that we have available is recruiting at rcsotn.org. So you can go to the website, call us or email us, and we can respond with any type of questions that anyone might have. Give us that email once sure. again. So the email address is recruiting at rcso, for Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, rcsotn.org. Okay. Either that or call 615-904-3161. That's right. Okay, and this program, by the way, is in a podcast format. I mentioned that because we've sure. covered a lot of material. <laughs> sure. And a lot of you have been listening uh, in your car and haven't been able to take down notes. You can go to our website or any of the podcast sites and uh, look up this program, the action line for today's date. And you can listen to it again, and in that uh, way you can stop it and run it back again and hear it sure. and uh, just jot down all the facts. So if you're interested in helping people, that's the main thing. And, and Lisa, you had a great story telling about how you had started in the detention end, and you said just a moment ago when we were, uh, the mic was off, you said, I'm glad I started there. So it made a difference. It really made a difference in the way I look at law enforcement. And you really do learn how to deal with different types of people and, and to meet them where they are. Michael, what made you decide to get into <laughs> law enforcement? We go back to when you were first starting out. Uh, did sure. you have that desire? In, uh, so, yes. Uh, my father was, was an officer in the 70s. Um, and I just always had a uh, law enforcement for me was always a calling. I always knew that I wanted to do something to serve. I didn't know if it was military. I didn't know if it was law enforcement, but I knew there it would be something of that nature. Um, in the nineties, I, I was 16 or, or 17. I don't remember. Um, but back then we didn't have cell phones and, um, I had a debit card to go to the ATM. You know, you couldn't use your debit card at the gas station. So. I was leaving my girlfriend's house one night at about 10 or 11 o'clock at night and, and I had to stop at the ATM to get cash, to get fuel. <laughs> um, and while I was there, I actually got robbed at the ATM. Um, someone opened the passenger door with a gun and um, fortunately I had just gotten done getting the money out and so I just floored the gas pedal and drove away. Um, but I went back to my girlfriend's house because it was closer. I lived a county away, so I went back to her house to call the police because, again, no cell phone, and that's just what you had to do. Um, and when the officer arrived, it was very um, adversarial, I guess. You know, it, I felt like I was accused of lying, you know, an excuse for being out that late, that kind of thing. And I don't think they really ever believed my story until they went and pulled the uh, ATM footage and, you know, saw the thing happen. So um, part of it was. I always felt like I wanted to serve, but that incident to me, um, 
you know, I decided I didn't want anybody to feel what I felt that day with the robbery, but also I thought I can be a better officer than this guy was. You know what I mean? I can improve the profession. So that's kind of when I decided that I wanted to do it. Call the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office or go online and discover why you can make a difference and Absolutely. how you can do it. Thank you both for joining us today. Very interesting uh, information that you shared this morning. Visiting with us, Lieutenant Michael Rogers and Public Information Officer Lisa Marshall Shoney. Hey, have a super day. Thank you, sir.